We're live, brother. Good afternoon. How you been? I'm good. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you too. Turkey Day special. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, before we begin, I am going to set my timer because that's right. My beautiful wife has said that we cannot talk for thirty minutes. Um, thirty minutes. Yeah. Okay. We're well, doing. We're doing forty-five, but okay. I think that if I set it for for 30 minutes then well we're going to try something new too right because we had talked about we've been talking uh-huh. back and forth and so we've decided that we were going to pick a subject and try to stick with it also you need to give a shout out to your aunt because this is the reason why we're doing this. that's right my we, aunt Anne. yeah because yeah. she was supposed to be coming today because we're having a small gathering because of the whole covid thing and jamie your wife gets tested weekly through work yep. um through some of the sites that i do uh through work then i get my temperature tested me and laura got our temperature thing a th- thermometer at home sure so there's just the two of, uh well two couples so it's not yep. like we're having a big party and nope. the girls are inside well and i'm pretty well isolated at work yeah and jamie getting tested weekly is probably a good indicator of whether or not i have it correct well you're not allowed well nobody's allowed in your office there's a big uh, sign on your door saying i had to get kind of serious with that sign have you seen the new sign uh no because i've not been near your office because ah. we're not allowed <laughs> yeah so. it says uh it says i appreciate being able to breathe correctly and being alive and i have a daughter and an elderly grandmother yeah. so stay the fuck away yeah basically yeah it doesn't say fuck on the uh, official note but it probably should it's just interesting at the moment how there are still people that are in denial and or taking unnecessary risks. Yeah, so we had a little bit of a meeting at work where I had to interact with people. And I had I felt the need to remind them to wear a mask uh, because we had to interact a little bit closer than six feet. Yeah. So I still reminded them on their schedule notification uh i still had to let people know like you need to go out and get your mask it's crazy yeah um <clears throat> it's actually quite good at the moment because i'm wearing uh, a bandana um because taking a mask on and off with the job that i do is it's it's not inconvenient but it's it's just a bit of a faff so just having this bandana is pretty good yeah but i've noticed more and more than i'll approach somebody pull up my bandana and then they do exactly the same so it's slowly trickling through yeah so well i mean the the longer we ignore the science and the more we push against that science whether or not you consider it a right or whatever and it is your right if you don't want to wear a mask you don't get to shop you don't get to be around people that are trying to be healthy correct and i think you got to be fluid with it because obviously the science in january and february is a lot different to the science today. And you've got to accept that in For science, sure. mistakes are made. Yeah. And they invariably are doing it for the best or for the, for the better of mankind. And uh, <clears throat> I don't even know why I had to clear my throat then. It was really weird. I could just feel it, it's like drying up. I think it's because you're such a terrible host. And my mouth was a bit like the Gobi Desert by the time I asked if there was any chance of getting my own drink because uh, I am I am a terrible host. Yeah, the reason I'll, let me, I'll tell you why I'm a terrible host. I assume that at this point in our relationship you'd be comfortable enough. Well, the old me casa su casa. Yeah. Oh, right. Exactly. I can't just walk in and just open your fridge. 
Yeah, you can. Well, yeah, I know you've told me I can do that, but it just feels weird. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we back to Antan, who was yeah. hopefully going to be coming today, but hasn't. Uh, I don't think she's going to swing by. All right. I think cool. earlier we had said something, or she had said something to me. I don't think she's going to come by. No worries. Um, I know that she's slightly concerned because she has uh, new grandbabies right. that were twins, or are twins, and are, I don't know if they're premature, well, they're, I don't think they're at risk anymore, but having babies around anyways, yeah. well, especially during a pandemic, is our scary. Our original um, Thanksgiving plans got cancelled because we were going to be going to our goddaughter's parents for Thanksgiving, and it's right. supposed to be the husband and wife and their child. And us two. <clears throat> and then um, the mother is pregnant again, and she was just worried. Oh, yeah. And rightly so. Sure. So they cancelled, and we were just going to sit at home, and then you two very kindly went and uh, invited us up because uh, the original, well, the reason why we wanted to come up here is because you originally said that you and Jamie were just going to sit there with a TV dinner and just watch crap yeah i was gonna prank her with a tv dinner yeah. yeah so i mentioned it to laura and then laura just she was all over that idea <laughs> and then as we've sat on our couch because last time we came up then you went and made your special steaks and laura doesn't usually rave about cuisine i mean it's just it is what it is but she yeah. loved them steaks and i know they weren't cheap so i went and suggested to you that if it would be okay then I'd love to have those steaks again and we would purchase them and you said it would be sacrilegious yeah it would be, it would be sacrilegious for someone else to buy my to to pay for the those steaks are like the one thing that I took a lot of effort in as far as like my culinary skills like I've I, I can make some nice little dishes here and there but that was one thing that like every time I've made them they've improved I've learned a little more and and you know, it's like I bought a new pan today just to cook those steaks because the one the pan that we have currently has warped over time from heating and cooling. And so I bought a new one today to make sure that these ones are gonna be even better than the ones that we had the last time you guys came up. I'm excited. It well what really gets me excited about it is to have someone else excited about it because I feel like everyone I've I've sprung these steaks on up until this point have been like, Yeah, it's nice. But Laura doesn't really do excitement when it comes to food. Yeah. It's uh although in saying that, you have to raise your game because these deviled eggs that Jamie would have made us, they are so She makes great deviled oh, eggs. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's really weird because the way that she's squirted the yolk on the top or whatever that creamy stuff is, I don't even know what yeah. that is, the devil bit of the egg. Yeah. Then uh, <laughs> I thought they were shot bought. No. They, she, are, they are so good. If, if you guys had walked in like 20 minutes sooner, she was sat there with a piping bag. Oh, really? And so she'd like put all the, you know, whatever the yolk is. I don't know. I think she blends it up with mayonnaise or something. I think but that's what it is. I have no idea. I'm not a very good cook. She puts it in piping bags uh-huh. with like the little, you know, decorative frosting funnels. Well, that's why I thought they that's were shop-bought because the last time I had devil bags, then they were kind of spooned on. Yeah. So they look really professional. So, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're seven minutes in and we've actually not talked about anything. We haven't talked about anything, but we have a subject we want to talk about. Yes. Now, you wanted me to watch this program called Afterlife, and it's it stars and is written by an English comedian called Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And I do not like him. I don't like his humor. I 
I gave The Office I don't know, two episodes, and I it's, just it made me cringe. It's probably our biggest difference, you and I, because I absolutely love Ricky Gervais. And I have tried to like him. I liked when he did, was it the Golden Globes or uh-huh. something like that? Yep. I like the fact that he calls a spade a spade. And that was actually quite entertaining in a in almost like a macabre kind of way, just watching the audience's reaction and he didn't care. But yeah, when you he still asked, doesn't care. <laughs> no. When you asked me to watch it, I went, nah, not a chance. Although I did like an idiot abroad. That was really That good. was the best. Um so I don't know, one day this week you text me and said, Look, just get through the first three episodes and I promise I'll never ask you to watch it again. Because you'd asked me a couple of times. Yeah. So we sat down. Because the they're kind of short episodes, right? Yeah, they're only 27 minutes long or something. Yeah. So we sat down the other night, and I said to Laura that I'd promised that I'd watch the first couple. And it was so gripping from the beginning. Now, the premise of Afterlife is Ricky Gervais then his wife has died of cancer and pretty much every moment that he has he opens up a laptop his laptop and it's got her going through chemotherapy it's got bits of their wedding and it's just got them playing uh, on the beach with the dog just sort of like a video yeah it's like a video of their life life together yeah Um, i can't remember how many years they've been married but it was quite a while. And in the videos, you can see they're very happy. Yeah, incredibly and, happy. And, and they're then, both in, crazy in love with each yeah. other. And then when she dies, then he's given up on life. And mm-hmm. he's basically decided that he's going to be an absolute dick to everybody around him. Say it as it is, because his out is suicide. As soon as people call him on his shit, he's just going to kill himself. Yeah. And that's the, basically the whole premise. Of, Called it a superpower. Yeah, it is his yeah. superpower. I can always fall back on suicide. Yep. Yeah. And... I didn't particularly care for the subject matter. I didn't care for Ricky Gervais, so I knew I wasn't going to enjoy this. Yeah. And we sat down, uh, because we're we're on with a remodel at the moment, so we don't have a kitchen. Yeah. So we've done a lot of uh, DoorDash recently. And I hate this, but we sit on the couch to eat our dinner, and we eat our dinner in front of the TV. And that's something I always said I'd never do, because I want to hear about Laura's day, so I want to sit around a dining table and just talk. You you just kind of have to right now at the moment because you've no invested option. a ton of effort in, so into the remodel. Yeah, we have no kitchen yeah. at all. It's just chaos in there. So we were sitting there, and then before I knew it, then we'd watched the entire um, season, First season one. Yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> but you went and asked me a loaded question about one of the episodes. Well, yeah. So to kind of catch everybody up. Um, we Jamie and I had someone living with us and they lost their struggle with depression and took their own life uh, about a week almost two weeks ago I guess and they did so with a gun and we haven't figured out where the gun came from yet and so in the course of the afterlife uh, not to give too much away but Ricky, uh, Ricky's character Tony is talking to uh, basically a homeless man who's addicted to drugs and he asks him you know what would you do and the guy said if I had the money I'd do enough drugs to just never wake up again and Ricky gave him the money 
but there was a bit before that because the homeless guy had come round and robbed Ricky and yeah they got talking and it was like why did you do that and then the drug addict said about the pain because he'd lost a partner mm -hmm. and then he lost his partner to overdose correct and it was interesting that they were from completely different sides of the street but were both having the same struggle about dealing with the loss of a loved one well you know that's why i text you that night and i asked you to watch it for me to just try to get through a few episodes i did not know that. yeah well i didn't tell you that but that's i'm telling you that now but okay. it's a uh, i'm glad you i'm glad i watched it because i would never it just because of the writer and the stars i just wouldn't have watched it and i'm really glad that i did because although it's dark then it actually had Laura in tears on a couple of episodes because she's been going through a couple of things which we'll possibly talk about in a bit. Um, but I'm sorry I made tea cry. She was... Her shoulders were going. She was crying that hard. There's something cathartic, though, about being able to cry about somebody else's situation and not focus on yours for a minute, don't you think? Correct. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's... like I had an old saying about if everybody I knew could put their troubles into a into a, a pan or a cup or something, you'd pick out your own. Because yeah. we've been going through a load of bullshit recently and I've obviously complained to you on a daily basis about it because <laughs> I, I I just find it therapeutic to just say, you are not going to believe what's happened now. Yeah. And then... With the kitchen and... Yep, with which, the kitchen yeah, and, and the, the wall. The west side of the house falling down and all the leaks that we had and just... It was relentless. And then, obviously, you had an issue a couple of weeks ago which just blew all my trivial crap out of the water because my wall was going to get rebuilt and we could get a new water heater and all the other just crap that was going on in our lives. It was dead easy. It was just a financial hurdle that we had to overcome to just get a new water heater, to get new heating, to get this and this and this. And to For get sure. to rebuild the side of our house, whereas your issue is obviously permanent. There's no way that you're going to come back ever from from that uh, from the loss of somebody you cared about. It was really permanent and shocking too. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I probably wouldn't have texted you and asked you to watch that show as sincerely as I had asked you at that point, had my week not gone the way it went. Yeah, and then when I I had heard some reviews and things about the show and I knew it was supposed to be really good and I'm probably the least griefful person in the world. I don't I don't uh hover over grief for for very long. Um but there was something about that show that triggered a lot of emotions and and some healing, I think, for the situation I was going through because it was quite shocking for well, me to have what happened happen. Well, we had quite a debate about it on uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week. Um, and it all came about because on this particular episode of uh, Afterlife, then Ricky went and invited the homeless guy around and gave the homeless guy cash and just said, don't waste it on food. And then the homeless guy went away and bought a load of drugs and injected them. Now, I assumed, because it was a comedy, then the following morning when the young boy was walking th past the garage that the homeless guy slept in, 
then he was just going to be hungover or remorseful and say, oh, I'm never going to do drugs again. And it would have been a very kind of Hollywood ending. But he didn't. He Rick, died. Ricky doesn't pull his punches, I don't No, think. he doesn't. And it was... Yeah. Especially in Afterlife. It was... It was kind of... It was weird because I didn't expect that punchline to that particular situation. And we got talking about it because obviously Ricky Gervais or his character... Tony. Is, Tony is culpable in that man's death. And he actually... So I asked you while we were talking, I said, how do you feel about Tony giving that man the money for the drugs? Is he culpable? And I think he is, but... In a legal sense, certainly. Definitely in a legal sense, uh, and in a moral sense he is as well. But the homeless guy had the courage in his own convictions to take his life and he knew what was happening whereas Ricky in a way is a coward because he just talks about it and he won't actually to a to want of a better phrase pull the trigger yeah um, because he always refers to his superpower and he always refers to the fact that he's going to commit suicide but he's he just won't because he's, I, been, he's been close a couple times I think in the first season there was the time in the bathtub they don't really give you a backstory. Like we, we kind of pick up. It seems like the first season starts as he's already kind of gone back to his life a little bit. Oh, do you think he has? Because I I disagree. Because if you think about season one, episode one, then it's when he's walking around the kitchen and he doesn't even have dog food. Yeah. So well, he's, his life is definitely in disarray. Yeah. But we pick up the story, it's after the funeral. Correct. Is, is what I meant to oh, say. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And I think he's, I think it starts when he's pretty much at his lowest ebb. Yeah. And it's also interesting because his friends allow him to be an absolute idiot. And we were talking about this yesterday because I could never put myself in that position. Because although I've been to, to, funeral, to be an idiot? Well, yeah, I do that on a daily basis. But, I mean, hell, you should know. I mean, I spend hours talking to you during the day. But although I have lost people and have been to funerals, I've never lost anybody that close to me. Yeah. So I said to you, all I could do is hypothesize as to what I would do if I ever lost Laura. And it was really weird because just having a, a hypothetical conversation, because I'm... I'm over 14 years old and Laura, so the natural cause of events is that I will die first, so I'm never going to experience this grief. Um, but just talking to you about it, about what I think I would do, then it really upset me. And I was like, this is weird because it's, it's, it's a completely imaginary situation and nobody knows how they're going to react. Yeah. And I said to you, what I, what I think would happen is that, well, the very first thing I'd do is I'd just quit my job, and then I'd probably buy an RV. and You'd go full recluse. I don't know about full recluse, but I'd go on walkabout, and I'd take the dog, and that's why I'd get an RV, because to get a dog passport and get her in and out of quarantine would just be a nightmare. So I'd probably just get an RV and just travel America and just find myself, and you said that I would not contact you for at least two weeks. I told you I wouldn't hear from you. For a long time. Yeah, I don't think I would. No. And 
that's what I said to you about the power of friendship because I know that I could phone you in six months' time and pick up where we left off. And it wouldn't be an issue because you know that I've, I've sorted the, the shit in my life and then it's all good. We'll just go down to the pub and have a beer. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between real friends and superficial acquaintances where it's very much the here and now. And if you disappear from their lives for a little minute, then you're just gone. Um, right. Whereas your real friends, I mean, like I haven't spoke to some of my close friends in the UK for months, but I'll just randomly text them. Or I got a, uh, a photo the other day from one of my close friends um, about some sunset, and that was uh, it was just really sweet. He just said there uh, that he was thinking about me and rah, rah. Um, But getting back to the afterlife thing, then I. I was really intrigued by that because I love thought-provoking season series and things like like Breaking Bad. What yeah. would you not do for some somebody that you cared about? Right. Like if Sicily needed something, then there's nothing that you would not do for yeah. your daughter. And that. I mean, the the whole premise, obviously, is Breaking Bad is is to make uh, meth and to to get sufficient money because Walter White's dying, yeah, and he needs to get. I can't remember the exact figure, but I think he worked it out. Seven thirty-seven. Was it seven hundred thirty-seven thousand? Mm-hmm. That's right. I thought it was about seven hundred ish, but yeah. And what would I not do if it was for Laura? And I'd cook meth for yeah. Jamie and Cicely. Yeah. I would. Yeah, in a heartbeat. So, sitting in your ivory tower and playing judge, jury, and executioner for things like Tony in uh, in Afterlife, then you're doing it from a position where you haven't got that emotional involvement. Now, I think that Tony saw in the homeless guy a lot of the pain that he was going through. So, I think that's why he gave that homeless guy the out. Um, but it's it was just a really thought-provoking thing and then you blindsided me about um, that friend of yours who obviously killed herself with the gun and whether I'd be as empathetic to the person who provided her with the gun as I am to the character Tony who gave the the homeless guy the money to buy the drugs to kill himself and that was really interesting. Now, I only met your friend a couple of times, and she just lit up a room. Yeah. She was just just a wonderful She's human. She's one of the most vibrant people I've ever met in my oh life. Oh, my God, yeah. And you just knew when she was in the room. Yeah. And I think I met her three times. Yeah. Two or uh, three, yeah. Yeah. And it was... She was just funny. Like, I know that I go off on tangents in conversations, but far out, trying to follow that thought process was just the weirdest experience. She was maybe not classically educated. Like, she didn't have any formal education, I think, past high school. But she was brilliant in the fact that there was, you could not tell her no. There's there's no no. Um, If you could do it, she could do it. You know, like yeah. I have, I have no 
there's not any little part of me that thinks for a second that me that she could not have been chain trained to do my job. Correct. Uh, within weeks, she she could have just picked up the reins. She was brilliant in the sense that there was no give up in her. No. Uh, except for obviously about this one thing, and but that's where we also went off on a kind of tangent when we were we were talking about her life. Now, I. I said to you that I think that she, in her very short time on this planet, had reached the utopia because she was with or living with a couple who worshipped her, who gave her the freedom to express herself and truly loved her for who she was. And she sat back one night and thought, life will not get any better than this. And I said to you a couple of times then, there'll be a time in your life that you've sat on a beach and watched the sun go down or you've gone out for a meal or there are certain situations that you've you've found yourself in and thought, this is the best my life is ever going to get. And then the next sunrise comes or the next sunset or the next meal or the next, next group of friends and you think, oh, that was brilliant, but far out, this is, this is now the utopia. Yeah. And I just wonder whether she was worried that she'd reached her Everest and that nothing was ever going to surpass what she had. Because the last time I saw her was <clears throat> was the Saturday before because we'd had a, we had a painting party at your yeah, house. Yeah, we had Bob Ross night. We had a Bob Ross night. And uh, what's, what's the last thing he says? Be bold or something? Or don't be scared? He always does uh, towards the end of it. He'll do a, he calls it the bravery test. That's right. And he'll have you paint like a big-ass tree over the front of the mountain you've spent the last 30 minutes working on. Yours and Jamie's pictures were really good, and uh, it was just, I had to go be brave. <laughs> I had to put this big fucking tree right at the front of my picture because the rest of it was shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Sometimes that's what the bravery test is for, is to cover yeah, up your mistakes. <laughs> I should have just done that. I should have done the scenery, uh, the landscape at night. I should have just painted it all fucking black. <laughs> <laughs> and then put a, one white dot, and it's like, there's yeah. the moon. So, <laughs> there's um, a couple stars. Yeah. So, um, but this friend of yours was uh, was in the room, and she she was quite a decent artist, and she was uh, doing um, charcoal drawings. Um, so she wasn't really doing anything with the Bob Ross, but she was just chatting away about life, and it was just really nice. But. In one so young, it, it's weird that when you're that young, then a year is an incredibly long period of time. She was only 22. Yep. Yeah. And you think that it's all downhill after you're 22 or 23 or 30. Yeah. And it's Isn't not. Isn't it? Because I'm 33 now and I just figured at 30 everything was downhill. Sure feels but like it's, it. it's really weird because I, <laughs> I thought that. How, how old are you again? 50, 51 and a half. 51 and a half. I had my half birthday because. I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the last podcast. Well, my granddad died when I was when he was 53, uh, 53, and my dad was dead by the time he was 60. So I reckon I'm, bo- I'm borrowed time. And I'm not 100% certain that I'll do 365 days, but I'll probably do a half year. Yeah. If I hadn't been drinking, I could have worked that out because I used to do math as a part of my grown-up job. but I used to keep a calculator in the studio. I can't believe I didn't know what half of 365 is. 
<laughs> I've been blue collar for too long. I've become yeah. I've become All the mother. counting you need to do is on your fingers and toes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um. So what used to happen, although it didn't happen this year, is we used to celebrate my half birthday. So Laura used to buy me a half birthday cake, and uh, it was just uh, pretty cool. But I don't know. I mean, like the the experiences I've had post thirty five because at thirty five that's when I kind of like gave up on being a grown up and started traveling and then I met Laura and then we traveled and then like there's so much still to see and do yeah um, well I loved having you guys over to talk to her because she was always so taken away by how fantastic your journeys had been since you got older yeah because to her. I think the first week that you guys met her, she was still coming to grips with her medical bills that were left over from her first attempt at suicide. Yeah. Which is when Jamie and I offered her a place to stay because her roommates at the time threw her out. Uh, And they threw her out straight up saying that you had brought this into our home and we can't trust you anymore. And so we offered her a safe place to stay when she got out of her her stay at the first uh, psych ward. Well, that's that shows volume. That that speaks volumes as to who you and Jamie are. That you opened your house, your home to a stranger, which is who she was at that time. Yeah, and <clears throat> that that honestly speaks volumes. And it, it's it's kind of weird because I would like to think that I'm a fairly. I know we're down to a minute. Laura's going to win this bet because she knew she knew that we couldn't do it. We've only got 29 minutes on the clock for the podcast. I know. Well, I've, I've, I've got oh, okay. 53 seconds, and then I think we can go over. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think they'll know. They, both Jamie and Laura know that there's no way we could have done it in 30 minutes. Worst case scenario, the stakes get pushed back. They get bored waiting for us and start kissing. That's just not going to happen. Oh, okay. It might do in your warped. I'll just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that was, that was, uh, I haven't really talked about it on this podcast, but Mia was, she wasn't just a roommate. She was also our lover. Uh-huh. Like we were in a relationship with her. She was our, our girlfriend, you know? And I mean, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't just about sex by any means, but it was. Well, you definitely had. We were in a relationship for yeah. sure. And. It was, like you said, I mean, it wasn't just that. Oh, see? Yep. Right. How do I turn this off now? Uh, oh, I don't know. See, that's not something I use very often because I don't normally have to time myself. I only use timers for naps. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because right. if I nap too long, then I'll feel like shit. Uh, yeah. Well, that, yeah. I think we talked about this last time. I can't nana nap because if I nana nap, then I just feel terrible for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um but yeah, the last time we saw her was the the Saturday before. Um she found this gun. Um well she says she found the gun. Well she found the gun in a car. How on earth that that the whole thing is just ridiculous. It's pretty uh, apparent to me it's apparent to me that someone has given her that gun. But whether or not they knew what she was going to do with it is a different story. But correct. somebody gave her I that. I would imagine that somebody did it with a pure heart because the whole second amendment and she was a vulnerable individual that could easily get taken advantage of yeah so she needed it for her own protection so i i she think was she was pervasive 
uh, not pervasive, uh, persuasive. Yeah. And cute. Yeah. And very easily probably could have flirted her way into it as well. Well, you wouldn't even need to flirt your way into it because when you speak or spoke to her, then she definitely came across as with sound mind. I mean, we we spent the Saturday evening together doing that Bob Ross painting, and I showed her a load of photos about New Zealand and uh, Australia. Uh, yeah, and then two days later, because she was going to go and visit. Yeah, and she was all over that, and she was so full of life and it was great and is that when we had steak was that the mm-hmm. steak night all right no 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 that and bob ross night we did not have steak oh no we had snacks on the bob ross night. yeah we had That's sn- right. yeah we just did a cheese and meat plate okay so i did meet her three times there because the first time was oh no i didn't meet, i met jamie the first time you met jamie podcast. the first time yeah right okay because mia didn't come back by the time i left yeah that's right okay so i had only met her twice and so that was on the Saturday, and then I think on the Tuesday you phoned me up and said that um, she'd left a note. Was it the Tuesday? No, it was Monday. Two days later? Yeah. So she she uh, went to bed Sunday night uh, after coming home from work, and she was in a very positive mood. She was bouncing around the house like she always did. Uh, she was hugging and kissing on me and Jamie. She sat with me for a little bit on the couch, uh, and then she went to bed. And then in the morning, when she left, she came into to Jamie and I, uh, our bedroom, and gave us both a kiss goodbye. Uh, and then on my w- on my way into work, I had found a text on my phone that said Ogden Canyon. Uh, and that was tied to... In my mind at the time, I thought she was talking about a different situation because she had someone close to her have a, an accident in a canyon. Um, and then Jamie called me at about noon and said she had found a note that had been left that said, uh, third time's the charm. Uh, I think I got it right. And I immediately called Jamie. I think Jamie texted me. And I said, you got to call the sheriff right now. Call the sheriff and they've got to go up the canyon. Uh, and by then it was too late. Unfortunately, she had uh, driven up the canyon. We found a note uh, in her notebook that talked about finding this gun in her car and how perfect that was is what she said. But, uh, again, I still don't think she found that gun. Not a chance. She's been driving that car for probably a month, and she had her friend who was helping her work on the car uh, had looked underneath all the seats, running wiring for subwoofers and speakers and stuff, because it was actually a pretty nice car for a freebie, because um, she had wrecked her car, her little red car. But no responsible gun owner would have just left. Yeah, you don't lose a gun no. in a car like that. Like, I have, I'll have moments throughout the day, and I'm, like, pretty much if my gun's not on me, it's in the gun room. But I'll have moments throughout my week or whatever where I'm like, I haven't seen this gun for a while. And I'll go down and do a visual in- inspection to make well, sure you, that I still have you it. You also have an inventory and you also have your little bunker or whatever your gun room's called. Yeah. So you are a responsible gun owner and your guns are locked away. Um, well, and especially after Mia moved in because she moved in after an attempt. Yeah. And you'd remove the slide or the pin It thing? depends on the gun. I don't know. Yeah. Some of them I remove the bolt. Some of them I move, remove the firing pin. It, it depends on the gun. I'm not fluent in German. Everything <laughs> you just said then made zero sense. 
dude, we're going to go shooting. You're going to end up being a gun expert. No. I can't wait. Oh. I'm going to watch you buy your first gun. I'll be there with you. Laura was talking about taking a concealed carry the other day. I would love to get up for her. I, I know a guy. Really? Yeah. Talk to her when we go back in. Okay. Uh, she wants to take a concealed carry. Not only will she get her concealed carry permit, but I will also provide you guys with free memberships to a training facility. So guys, Laura is not a multiple. Okay, well, that's just how I use the word guys. But you and her, if you would like to go with no, her. No, 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 no. I mean, like, I'm not going to get a gun. I'm not interested in a gun. You wouldn't go shooting with Laura if she went to the school? No. Come on. No. I Even I, if it was for the safety of having, like, just knowing that Laura has a gun in the house. I don't want her to have a gun in the house. I want her to have a gun in the house because I care about her and her safety. I, <sighs> I care about your wife so much I want her to have a gun in the house. <laughs> I, I, I still, the emotions I just don't <laughs> get it The whole gun thing is just weird to me Well you made fun of me when you walked in Because I was wearing a gun I forgot I was wearing it Yeah yeah. I mean you wear that pretty much all the time I mean obviously you can't wear it for work Because it's it's just one of them no-no things But I mean all other times Then you have your gun on you But I love just going through life and seeing rainbows and unicorns. I don't want to go through life seeing a bad guy who may commit a heinous crime. I just don't do that. I um, It's sort of one of those hope for the best, prepare, prepare for the worst situations with me when it comes to wearing a gun. But, all right, then. Well, this is why... That means you're an oxymoron. And... Quite possibly. Because what you've just said now flies in the face of what happened yesterday. Now, yesterday, you got a shipping container brought to your house as a, a big storage facility for a lot of your toys. And me and you were talking during the week, and I said it'd be really cool to get those um, bouldering uh, grips for mm -hmm. Sicily. Totally. Um, put them on the side of the um, container because you could uh, teach her how to climb. You've got the container between two trees, which means that you can put a tree house on top of the container and you can have like a, a rope, um, not ladder, a, a rope frame um, from the container to a tree and from the tree to the other, uh, to back to the container. And then a zip line down and all this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, you're the responsible parent. Now, Jamie's never wanted children and she is now a stepmom who obviously cares for your child. Now, she was the one that was worried that if you go ahead with man, your stupid idea of the bouldering wall, then she will fall and break her arm. It wasn't a potential. It's like she she's will. gonna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she's the responsible grown up in the room. Uh -huh. So you have just said that you um, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Yeah. But with the climbing frame, with the bouldering wall that we're going to make for Sicily next year then it was just throw caution to the wind, and if she falls, so be it. So it's the same thing. No, I it's not. I, no, it's, it's, it's exactly, I have insurance. I have, Cicely has health insurance through me. I have money in the bank if I need to rush her to the hospital or whatever. Um, but wouldn't she, I, I hope for the best, maybe she becomes a world championship rock climber. Um, but prepared for the worst, I have insurance. 
but if you were preparing for the worst, then you would have some kind of trampoline or um, crash mats. We or... have crash mats. Jamie and I bought a crash mat for when we went bouldering. Did you used to boulder? I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say used to. I still enjoy it. I just haven't been able to go in a while. Oh, we'll have to go with you. We've got all our climbing gear. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I do, though? I wear wrestling shoes. I don't wear regular rock climbing shoes. They hurt my fucking feet. They are so uncomfortable. Yeah. So I wear wrestling shoes. I didn't know wrestlers wore shoes. I yeah. thought you wore bare feet. No, they wear sho- They have soft shoes. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I'd wear toe shoes if I could. F- if I thought I wouldn't look like an absolute moron. But it's really weird how. Why do I need to keep clearing my throat? It's really weird. <coughs> it's because um, I'm a terrible host. Yeah, you are. Oh my gosh. But. Um, I could just picture Cicely actually on that climbing thing because it was really weird because was it last weekend that Cicely was over? Yeah. And you did a load of cool things with her because you did a Bob Ross with her and in your paddock then you were just driving golf balls. You no. Oh yeah, the, no. I took uh, the General the, Lee. The General Lee. <laughs> so yeah. you took your your off road vehicle just racing around and obviously being is she nine or eight? She's eight. Well, she's like eight and a half now. But it's just funny where, as an eight and a half year old young lady, then anything and everything that I have to do is just boring <laughs> and so uncool <laughs> and cringeworthy. And it, <clears throat> it's weird because I think that in 10 years' time, she's going to look back and just realize what an amazing dad you are. So, so just so people are clear on what it was that we did, I, I bought the General Lee, which is a gas-powered, it's, it's actually a Dodge pickup. And I bought it for parts for my other Dodge pickup that I've had since I was 16. I've taken the doors off. I've taken, like, the glove box out. The parts that I wanted for my truck are now in my truck. And so I buckled Sicily in the middle of this bench seat, and we drove out into my pasture uh, with the goats, and we turned donuts for, like, 20 minutes. And <laughs> and I sent you a video of her before and after. Yeah. And she was so nonplussed. It was like you could see etched on her face she was boredom just, and hating life. She was so like irritated. Like, why did you make me do that? And it's just the funniest thing because I know that me and you have talked about this. Um, and I don't think it was on the last podcast because I, uh, I listened to it once and then just basically lost the will to live. <laughs> Although it was it was quite a cure for insomnia because like three hours in I was like oh my god just finish already so you don't even let yourself like you, like you don't even like listening to yourself God no God <laughs> no um, but um, part of the reason why I'm as driven as I am is because all I ever wanted in my entire life was for my dad to give me a hug and tell me that he loved me or that he was proud of me or whatever and because he didn't then I strived harder and harder and harder for that recognition. And I did fairly well with various pursuits that I had in my life. And I'm just wondering whether, if I'd had a dad like you, whether I would have been as successful. Because if I always got that participation medal or that hug or being told that I was the best, I'm just wondering whether... I would have been as driven as I actually am. <coughs> I definitely am not a participation medal dad. I do want Cicely Bullshit. to understand there are things Bullshit. she needs. Bullshit. Because 
Like just what? listening to the way that you talk about that little girl. Well, she can't do wrong. There you go. She's perfect. Yeah. She's the yeah. best Bob Ross interpreter ever. I've known she's she... the best middle seat passenger in the Dodge ever. Yeah. She makes better paintings than Bob Ross. There you go. Unfortunately. She in fact I think <laughs> I think at one stage I think you alluded to the fact that she did uh, a better painting than Picasso or Rembrandt. Yeah. They're jokes compared to my daughter. <laughs> but I'd never t- I mean I I definitely compliment her on her successes and I talk to her about her failures when she does have a failure. So, like school. Um She's a social butterfly. She gets a little talkative sometimes, and she gets marks. When did on she her. gets that from a mum? Because you're you're fairly reserved. <laughs> <laughs> no, she probably got it from both of us. We're okay. both kind of bubbly people. But uh, that little kid. Uh, I mean, I don't want her to feel like she doesn't need to work for things, but I do tell her all the time that she's, uh, you know, a brave, powerful woman, and the world is hers. Like she made a comment one point about. Uh, I talked to her about being the first woman on Mars. I said, I'm excited for you to be the first woman on Mars. And she was like, women can't go to Mars. And so, of course, I'm over there like, no, women can do everything that men can do. In fact, they do it better probably, and they're prettier. Do you reckon Elon Musk is going to get to Mars? Yeah. Because this week he became the second wealthiest person in the world. He's going to go to Mars. I, I don't know if he'll go to Mars, but well, he's going to uh, send people to Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that personally he will do it, but it's interesting because I thought that likes of Richard Branson or um, he's just kind of faded away, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he has. He just really hasn't kept up with it. No, and I think that obviously with uh, with the whole coronavirus thing, then a lot of his um, a lot of his wealth was built obviously on on airlines, and yeah, he's struggling a lot at the moment. I think obviously. Virgin Australia has had to have another uh, handout. Um, but Elon Musk, because I think he started the year 35th richest person. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And, and now he's second. Second. And that guy, I mean, he's socially awkward. And I still believe that he should have lost that court case about the, the cave rescue situation. But he obviously just had a better, better lawyer than, uh, <coughs> than the claimant. But you cannot take away from the fact that that guy is an absolute genius. Yeah. Well, that's why I say, like, he's he's definitely an asshole in some respects, but he's changing the world. Yeah. I, I mean, pretty soon we're going to be, like, my daughter may never drive a car. Uh, No, she will drive a car, but she might not drive a gas-powered car. Well, she may ride in a car, but that car will likely drive itself. Oh, uh, autonomous. If you think about it. Yeah, because it's, what, nine years away? Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Because I think in 2030, then all gas-powered... Eight years away. She'll be 16 in eight years. Oh, yeah. yeah. I told you my math was terrible. No, you're all right. <laughs> um, but I think it's in 2030, then all gas-powered vehicles are going to be outlawed in the UK. Um, and that's not that far away. Outlawed, or they just can't sell anymore? Oh, I think they're going to be... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah right. they'll be phasing uh, them out. They'll be the same, phasing same in California, I think, is the same. You can't sell gas-powered vehicles in California. Which is going to be interesting because I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I think that they subscribe to ANN or QAnon. 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 Yeah. I don't know. what. So when you say they subscribe to it, what do you mean by that? I ju- they like, just basically buy into anything and everything. Okay. That, that Conspiracy theorist. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they were saying that already uh, Biden's um, buying back guns, 
And He's not even in office. I know. And again, I want to, and I've said this to you, but I do want to point out the fact that uh, President Obama was in office for eight years. And I think for the bulk of that time, maintained control of the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. At, uh, least for, at least for the first two years, he had the House and the Senate. Yeah, but the last four, he didn't. Uh, he, he didn't He didn't have the Senate for the last four He years. didn't have the Senate for the last four years. But he had every opportunity to implement gun control laws, and he didn't. The only president that I'm aware of in my life that has put forward any kind of gun control law was Donald Trump. That was the bump stock. The bump stock outlaw. Yeah. And that was that after the uh, Vegas shooting. The, the shooting in Vegas. Yep. Conspiracy theory. Yep. Do you think it was a lone gunman? Yeah. In Vegas? Mm-hmm. I watched the video. Uh, see, I don't think it was. Yeah, it was, it was a lone man, man. He... You can't be that accurate with, uh, with yeah, you an can't. automatic... Really? Yeah, with training? But he was a... I hit a t- ac- I hit, he I hit was it. an accountant. What does that? What does that have to do with anything? I have training outside of the. I have better training outside of the military. So I was in the army for ten years. I shot a pistol once. In the army, I carry a pistol every day. So I chose to get additional training. I spent four days uh, at a place in Pahrumpf, Nevada, called Pahrumpf. 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 Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's such a cool name. It looks like it sounds, right? I didn't uh, know that was a real place. Yeah, it's a real place. Oh my god! I spent four I days down there. I want to go to Pahrumpf. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to take you and Laura to get pistol training. Oh, is the only thing there a shooting range? Um, I think there's a gas station. <laughs> Maybe a couple of uh, oh. casinos. It's it's not it's not huge, but um, but no, the the point of it is is that uh, if if you decide it, look if you decided to dedicate yourself to a skill, you would learn it. If you yourself, you said, I want to be a precision driver, mm-hmm. and you dedicated yourself to becoming a precision driver. I am a precision driver. I d- I'm not just talking about delivering concrete, but Although, I'm saying that like, if you wanted to be able to do like J-turns and drift a car around a cone in a perfect circle without hitting your friends, you could dedicate yourself to that craft. Like Ken Block. Like what? Ken Block. Ken Block. Have you never seen Jim Carner? I thought that's what you were talking about. No, I'm talking about anything. Oh, okay. Like, I taught, I decided I wanted to be a welder. I taught myself to be a welder. Oh, I need to show you some Ken Block videos later okay, on. Okay, we should totally look at some. I'd love to. See, Ken Block, I th- he's an American. And I think his number's 34. So, he's in the top 50 rally drivers in the world. But there's a difference between... Oh, yeah. So, I think I know what you're talking about now that you say that. He does this thing called Hunicon and Jim Carner. And what that guy can do with a car is phenomenal. But in the rally world circuit, then he's definitely not a Colin McRae. So, because I think I told you that's why I went and bought Laura the Subaru, because Colin McRae was my idol. Yeah. He was just phenomenal. And he was all about, yeah, the finish first or he crashed out trying to become first. Yeah. If you're not first, you're last. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're just first loser. Yeah, and it was it was actually weird because on the way up to your house today, then we got overtaken by a, a Lancia. That's not a Mitsubishi. I don't even know. I said Lancia, uh, a Mitsubishi, and <laughs> the English rally driver at the time was a guy called Richard Burns, and I think he died of he died of cancer, I think, 
and then Colin McRae Scottish. Now I'm English and proud, so I should follow the English driver. But Richard Burns was a tactical driver and he worked out the points. So if he wasn't going to win, then he maximized his points. Yeah. Because you've got gravel or you've got forest or you've got ice. So you've, you've got you've got different kind of courses and you are superior on one surface to another surface. And Colin McRae just didn't know his limitations and was just balls out all the time. Um, but going back to the precision driving thing, then I thought I was pretty decent at my job until consecutive days this week where I was on loose dirt, where on one of my jobs, I was above the roof of a house and I was on this loose dirt and I've got an 80,000 pound vehicle. Yeah. And to the left of me, I've got a trench with four individuals that if I slide in there, I'm going to kill them. And to the right of me, I've got the roof of a house. So if I slide down there, then I'm possibly going to lose my job because I'm still in my 90 days. And if I write off a 250,000 pound machine, then my bosses aren't going to be very pleased with me. <laughs> so I'm trying to maneuver this 80,000 pound vehicle and I'm sat I don't know, about six feet off the ground. So any slight movement in the suspension is exaggerated. Yeah. And I was genuinely scared. And I realized that although I'm good at my job, then it's within a controlled environment. And I can control that environment because I have asphalt and I, I've got cameras and I know what's going on around me. So the only variable is the crew in front of my 20 foot of shoot. And as I'm tapping it to the right, then they're hopefully to the left of me. And if they mess up, then I just, I've got a, an auto stop facility. So I just press my red button and, and it stops the, the mud coming down. Yeah. But when you've got an unknown factor like loose dirt and you've got an overactive imagination like I have. Then well, and I had just sent you pictures of another driver who we had to call a wrecker for that. Oh yeah, that's right. So you'd already planted, I pl that I seed planted the seed. Yeah, you did. Yep. And then the next day, then I was sent to a different job and I got to this cliff face and I got out and I just said to the contractor, what do you expect me to do? And he goes, Oh, the driver before you yesterday went and uh, did it. And I'm like, I don't know if that's right, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> so I attacked it. I hear it. that so often. I attacked it four times and I locked everything in and my left front steer, so my left front wheel yeah. was in the air and I tried and tried and tried and at first I thought I had an audience and there was a round of applause going and then I realized it was my uh, sphincter just clapping away as I was shit myself. <laughs> I was so scared. So I got back down and I went, I can't do this. And he went, oh, yeah, I think that they've regraded it from yesterday. I think it was a little bit easier yesterday. Thanks. What? <laughs> so he said, well, come around there, but just make sure you miss those pipes. So I went round, and there was no way that you could physically miss the pipe. You could, just couldn't do it. And I tried. I tried about two or three times, and I got out, and I went, I don't know what you want me to do, mate. I'm trying here. You can see I'm trying. What would you suggest? And he went, ah, just drive over the pipe. It was great just destroying his uh, his work from the day before. <laughs> just Didn't he say that he would just replace the pipes because they were the ones who laid the pipes yeah, and they, they needed that, something to that do that That was exactly I mean, I phoned you up as my boss and I said, yeah. I'm just letting you know, I'm just calling this in because I've been told to do it. Right. And 
I got out. I said to the guys at the end, I said, I'm really sorry that I've, I've ruined it. And he went, well, we d went and drove over one the other day, so don't worry about it. It gives us something to do this afternoon because we've got no work. And I went, oh, all yeah. right. So they were really cool. Um, we went off on a tangent. What the hell were we talking about? What I'm saying is that if you dedicated yourself to oh, a yeah, skill. Oh, yeah, yeah, All right, okay. So, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I, I personally am starting to thin my hair. Uh -huh. And it bugs me. So I did a little research, and like, there's these laser caps you can buy. They're $1,000 mm -hmm. to wear these caps, and you can put them on, and it's the red light, low light laser therapy for your hair, and it'll grow back. And it's FDA approved, and it uses this particular type of laser, and that's why it works. And um, so I taught myself how to uh, wire, and I built myself my own cap. So that guy being that accurate is very plausible if he decided to be. Oh, yeah, we're talking about Vegas. Yeah, the Vegas shooting. I thought we were still talking about Elon Musk. I totally spaced that we'd moved on from Elon Musk. So we've got three minutes and 30 minutes, or th yeah, three minutes and 30 seconds left if for we're going to stick to the hour. Have we really just waffled for an extra 30 minutes longer than we would, we've yep. given permission to talk for? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And all for Aunt Anne? All for Aunt Anne, yep. I can't wait till you meet Anne. You're going to love her. You told me she's the cute sister. She... What, uh, well, they were identical twins, but she's definitely the cool sister. Oh, I thought you said she was a cuter. Oh, you might say cooler. She is. It's just you got an accent, so I can, I've got an I accent. can hardly understand yeah. what you're no, talking about. No, that's my bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know what my mom would say if I said she was the cute one, because I Your think they're both. Your mom will never listen to this. I'm going to send it to her. Her Brady would never swear like this. <laughs> <laughs> I think she knows. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I love them both equally, but it's... Uh, Liar. You told me different. It, I did not. Oh. It's just who funny. Who are you going to believe, Anne? Me or Lying Brady? Oh, and I know he... You, Anne's got my back, for sure. <laughs> but so, like, I always tease my mom that my mom's the nerdy one. Uh-huh. Uh, <gasps> and then Anne's the cool one. Oh, okay. But it it's funny to, to be around those two, because they're identical twins. And if if you don't know them very well, and you just were to like bump into them in public, you you would be like, "Oh, hey, Anne," and my mom would probably be like, "Hi," <laughs> like she just they both kind of screwed. They switched classes when they were in high school and stuff like that. Like they're 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 funny, uh -huh. but they're both such like polar opposites, and, and it's kind of funny. My mom's very sweet and kind of timid, and my aunt is very tough. Like she's she's also very sweet, but she works in construction, so she's somewhat tough. Oh, does she? What's she do? She's a structural engineer, I believe. Oh, wow. I, I don't know her exact title, um, but she does all the uh, specs and AutoCAD and the drawings for uh, a large glass company. Oh, sweet. Okay. In fact, many of the Olympic structures, I think she did all the structural specs uh, for the Olympic structures in the in Utah. Do you know what? In 60 minutes, I didn't tell you about my tale of woe, about losing the west side of my house and all that kind of jazz. Kind of did. We touched on it. Barely. But we've got a limited time. I want to know... What now that we've talked about it and you've been able to think about it, uh -huh. how do you feel about Tony's character? I love giving that man the money. I I think that because we both came to the same conclusion, he wasn't wrong. No, I think that he did the right thing because he didn't give a loaded gun to the homeless guy and say, "Right, I'm going to watch you do this." Yeah. What he did is he gave him an out. And he just said, don't waste this money on food. Um, but Tony wanted him to be out of pain. Tony and, understood his suffering. And that was what was... It was such a brilliantly written and directed 
show. I didn't particularly care for season two. It was a lot darker and it wasn't as humorous. I think but, things are going to get better in season three. Yeah. I'm season one season pulled three. me down that rabbit hole because yeah. when I was watching, and I, the morning after when the paper boy or the young kid went and found the homeless guy dead, I, it was a jaw-dropping moment because in my head I knew what was going to happen next. And it didn't. And I was just blown away. And I turned to Laura and I went, what in the world? And we actually paused it and talked for a minute about it because I, I just wasn't expecting that. And I, if I was in that situation and I'd given up on life, because obviously the homeless guy at the time had probably had a career and a home and friends and he had literally nothing. He'd lost everything and was was just he'd broken into a garage and was sleeping on a on a stained mattress in a garage. And in a way, he put him Tony went and put this homeless guy out of his misery, like you would a, a lame horse. Well or, he didn't to me he didn't put him out of his misery. He gave him the option to decide for himself. He facilitated it. Yeah. And he gave him the choice. Well I I think that Tony realized that there was no choice. Yeah. He gave him the money to give him assisted suicide. And I think that, me and you have definitely talked about euthanasia. Yeah. And I'm a big advocate for it. In fact, I think I'm it was pro- on the other podcast. I think we talked about it on the phone. It might have been on the podcast. It's I, hard I, to say. I can't remember because I know that we just talked about so many random things on the on the original podcast. But how long have we got? <clears throat> We've gone over. Oh, man. One so hour and one minute. So we've gone over the 30 minutes. The girls were right. We are in charge of dishes now because we've lost that bet. And all for Aunt Anne. Aunt Anne should come around and do the dishes. We should. I'll, I'll text her. I'll let her you, know. She should yeah. be our tribute because we are now in charge of dishes because yeah. we've gone over. We did this for Aunt Anne. We were given 30 minutes. Well, we were actually given 45, but I set my timer for 30 because I knew we'd probably go over but I didn't think we'd hit an hour. Ugh. All right. Wind it up. Okay. All right. So here's my wind up. Okay. Um, people should know that if you are in a very deep and dark place, that cho- choosing to end your life is not the best thing that you can do. Definitely not, because there, there is consequences to your action. Because although... go Just using the show then Tony gave the man the money and he ended his life. But the homeless guy had a really close friend who was a sex worker. And now that sex worker... Not a prosy. Not a prostitute. You're not allowed to say prostitute. She's a sex worker. And she is obviously struggling with his death. Now, in your situation, then somebody facilitated Mia's... Um, suicide and now you and Jamie some of Mia's close friends and obviously her family are having to deal with with her um, passing and I think that because me and you are kind of black and white in a lot of our approaches to things if there was a lengthy letter saying to my mum and dad to Jamie and uh, Brady and just explaining the rationale and 
give you closure, then yeah. I think it'd be easier to digest than being left with just questions. Yeah, and that's what I'm left with. And it, uh, I experience bouts of anger, and I experience bouts of guilt. Uh, I feel good about what I did for her. I saw that firsthand. For the time that she was here. I, I tried very hard to make her feel safe and wanted and loved and, and to know that there was help out there for her. If uh, anybody is listening that maybe is having these same kind of thoughts, the uh, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. And just understand that it might be the end for you if you take your own life but you are going to leave people around you struggling and confused. So please make that call. Yeah. Try try your best to get help and I know that there are people out there that will reach out for you and that care about you and love you. Yep. And Anne will be coming over to do dishes. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so just to top all that off, uh this the show is called Crunching the Numbers. We're available Pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are available. If you would like to be a guest, if you're in the Utah area, uh, you can find us at MurderShackStudios at gmail.com. And uh, the studio is also here for people to use on their own as well, if you have your own idea for a show. And we can arrange the details through MurderShackStudios at gmail.com. Spell MurderShack. M-U-R-D-E-R. S H A K or C K C K S T U D I O S at gmail.com. Sweet. And if that one doesn't work, it's Nova Dodge Studios at gmail.com is the other one. But I've read that on a thousand other different of the podcasts. So if you've made it this far, you've heard it and still haven't emailed me. <laughs> okay, buddy. Thanks so much for coming in. I'm excited for the girls to make fun of us when we go back out. <laughs> I can't believe it because we said we actually had 45 minutes of talking before we came out because I knew yeah. that we'd, we'd just exhaust everything that we needed to talk about. And all we had to talk about was Ricky's your base. We even had, we a, had a plan. Topic. We had a plan. We blew it. We had 30 minutes. We can't talk about a 27 minute sitcom over 30 minutes. It's impossible. No, we've done it. Fox. We've done it. <laughs> uh, all right, buddy. Thanks, mate. Love Peace. You, guy. <laughs>